Hey, what's going on, everyone? I'm your host, Adrian Chukliangi. Welcome to the St. Joseph's Capital Show, the home for faith-driven leaders and investors in pursuit of new streams of passive income through the tried and true asset class of commercial real estate. I have conversations with high performers, investors, and syndicators in the industry that are using their time, talent, and treasure to breathe life into and create eternal impacts in their communities. Our goal is to help you build relationships, learn about real estate investing and syndication, and level up one day at a time so that we can all become the best versions of ourselves. Now, let's get to the show. Receive your free access to our seven-day course, an introduction to passive real estate investing, which also includes access to our new ebook, 13 Advantages of Real Estate Syndications. Inside, you'll learn the basics of commercial real estate, how syndications can be a wiser alternative, a detailed example of forcing appreciation and increasing value on a multifamily property, and benefits of passively investing. Receive access to this course and the book by checking out the show notes or visit stjosephscapital.com. That is S-T-J-O-S-E-P-H-S-C-A-P-I-T-A-L.com to start your investment journey. This is your St. Joseph's Capital Show. I'm your host, Adrian Chukliangi. Today, our guest is Eric Nelson. Welcome to the show, Eric. Thanks for being here. Uh, Adrian, my honor, man. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Absolutely. All right. Eric is from Southwest Colorado, and he received a degree in civil engineering from Colorado State. And he is the principal of Wild Oak Capital, and he's actively looking for partnerships and syndication opportunities. He's been investing in real estate for over 10 years and currently owns over $3.5 million worth of real estate with his wife or partners. He also co-owns a successful engineering company in Colorado. And with his background, he excels at underwriting, project management, investor communication, property inspections, and asset management. Well, Eric, again, thanks for being on the show, and I'm just excited to have you on. I, I loved being a guest on your show and happy to have you here, but uh, I'd just like to start off with um, just open up the floor to you and, you know, having you share a little bit about yourself with our audience and, you know, how you got started with real estate investing. Yeah, Adrian, thanks so much again for having me. This is an honor. Um, <laughs> it's funny, I think, like I always say, I got started kind of by accident. So um, I was in college and this is like 2006, 2007 time. And I was just tired of paying rent kind of. And also like had heard some friends, dads basically talk about like, oh, well, you should buy real estate. It's a good idea. <laughs> That's basically right. the extent of my knowledge. So my brother and I decided, okay, we'll, we'll go ahead and buy a house. Back then, it was crazy. Like I was making no money, but they gave us a loan. Uh, so we bought a house, fixed it up, kind of rented it out to some friends. Um, learned a ton in that process, actually. Like learned a lot about what to and not to do in that first house. And then, um, you know, once we graduated, we basically sold the house. So it was kind of this weird like house hack slash flip thing. Uh, and then from there, you know, got married, moved moved to a different town. We ended up buying a house. And then kind of just same thing, like had some extra cash that we've been saving up 
And similar story, sort of accidental. I mean, we were just like, oh, we should we should buy a rental house. And the extent of my knowledge was basically, well, if I can get the rent to cover the mortgage, then then we're in the money, you know. So you know, which is not necessarily a horrible strategy, but definitely not like the way things are looked at, <laughs> you know. Now, anyway, so I ended up buying a single family. Um, learned some lessons there as well. And then we ended up buying a triplex, which we still live in. And then we ended up buying a sixplex. And that's basically like all the creative financing, all of our money was kind of all gone. And even though I was sort of hesitant to partnerships, um, my mentor now and coach basically pushed me. It's like, you partner with people, you know? So it took me some kind of banging my head against the wall to realize, you know, that that is a good thing. So I ended up partnering with people and doing some other stuff. So we ended up buying an eightplex and a sixplex with partners. And then most recently in uh, syndication. So buying buying and looking at bigger multifamily deals. So uh, kind of a super quick intro into it, but that's more or less my story. No, it's a phenomenal story. And I, I appreciate you for, you know, taking us back a little bit, uh, you know, to the early days of your journey with, you know, those first single family residences. And now you're working on syndication. So it's, I'm sure it's been, uh, you know, a fun journey for you. And I kind of like to dive into um, your most recent uh, syndication that you've been a part of and um, just any memorable lesson learned from that specific uh, deal that you were a part of. Yeah, for sure. So I uh, just closed on it recently. It was 48 units um, in Jenks, Oklahoma, which is in Tulsa. Um, I learned a lot. I mean, there's like a million lessons. I think the one thing that I would, that would kind of stand out to people who are sort of starting out is to like have some patience because I had this vision of sort of single family where I'm the type of person that tends to have my stuff in order. You know, like if the lender asks for something, I'm like, okay, next day I'm going to get all this paperwork to you, but it's not really necessarily in your hands. I mean, the lending, especially because it was a Freddie Mac loan. So, you know, it's kind of on them to take their time. Um, so of course we had to extend closing, which made me super frustrated. Cause I was like, I had all this stuff in order, you know, why is this taking so long? In reality, it's just hard. It's just a hard thing to close a deal, you know, a couple a loan of more than $2 million. is just a challenge for anybody. So I would say, go into it, understanding that people are trying to help you. People are trying to do their best, but at the end of the day, sometimes things just take longer than, than you project. And so instead of getting frustrated, just again, do your best, work with the team, be clear and, and communicate well, but just be patient. You know, it would have saved me some, some gray hairs probably just to like sit back and say, you know what, it's okay if we extend. Uh, and then the, probably the other lesson, I, I know you asked for one, but the other one is everyone says raising capital is difficult and it is, it's a truth. Um, but it also takes time to like, you know, people will hold on to their cash until you give them a deadline. So I would also encourage you, you know, like you're raising capital, say, this is the day your money has to be wired. You know, even if you know, in the back of your mind, you got two more weeks, give people a deadline and then you'll have a little bit more success, I think, because people kind of like dragged in as we got closer. Yeah. Raising capital is definitely, you know, more challenging than one might think. I've definitely ran into that where going in maybe overconfident, a situation where I think I can say, Hey, yeah, I can, you know, raise this amount of money. And then you start getting into it and working with um, investors and start to see some of those challenges that are associated with it. But I like what you said about, you know, just remembering to be patient with it and, and working with um, 
you know, your partners and your investors, you know, through the situation and, you know, as well as your lenders to, to get the financing on the property. And then, uh, Eric, you know, you, you talked about the, the transition from single family residential to the multifamily side of things. And I just kind of would like to ask you, you know, why do you, why did that switch occur? And then, you know, what do you love about multifamily real estate? Yeah. I mean, I think honestly, again, I think it was the, basically like seeing that you can go farther faster with other partners, you know, including other people in any deal. So we did a deal with, with um, a partner who basically financed the whole thing. My brother and I found the deal. We're managing the deal. You know, he's a little bit involved, but it was kind of opened my eyes like, Oh, so there are ways to do this business with having the knowledge and the hustle. If someone else has money and they don't really want to deal with all that stuff. So that was kind of like this weird mini syndication where it's like using someone else's capital to give them a really good return. And then I was like, okay, yeah, I absolutely can do this kind of syndication thing. Just, I don't know why it took that proving it to myself, I guess. Um, but I just wanted to make sure like, yes, can I deliver? Can I prove this concept? I guess, even though plenty of other people have in the past. So it kind of took me getting out of my own way and saying, okay, I definitely need to, to partner with some people. Uh, and then bring in someone who, yeah, I mean, that, the thing is, if you think about multifamily, especially syndication, lots of people want to have a good return on their capital and they may have some money. I mean, lots of people have money right now. And so you're sort of solving a problem. You're saying, Hey, I have this sweet deal. I've looked at hundreds of these. This one works well. We're going to buy it. Would you like to invest with us? By the way, you don't have to sign on the debt. Um, and you get this awesome return. I mean, it's kind of a win-win for most investors and, and getting into the real estate space has lots of benefits. I'm sure you've talked about it plenty on your show, but if I'm, if I'm an investor, let's say I'm have some cash and I don't necessarily want to do the work, this is a perfect space for it. So that's, that's one thing I love. Probably the, the thing, and I don't want to jump ahead because I think we'll talk about this a little later, but one thing I really love about multifamily too is, you know, we look for value add. So that means we're going to fix up the property, but we also want to fix up the community, right? So we talk about like, you know, pizza parties or ice cream for kids or Christmas gifts or school supplies. And we want to, as an owner, we want to supply those things and make this, you know, these places a better place to be. And that's what I love maybe most about it more than anything really, is you have the ability to do that. So um, kind of a long answer again, apologies there for rambling, but I just love multifamily so much that I think it's kind of like win, win, win. And so there's really not a lot about it that gives me pause. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you touched on so many benefits and advantages of the this asset class and you know, whether it's the the cash flow or the tax benefits or the appreciation of these properties or if it's the community impact side, there's there's so many ways to you know, create value there for uh, those that you're serving. So, no, I love that answer. Well, Eric, that's kind of connected to the next question in terms of um, you know, what is your why, you know, in, in real estate, there's a lot of hurdles and obstacles that you have to persevere and overcome. And sometimes it could be just easier just to say, you know, what, I'm, I'm done with this, you know, I don't want to go any farther. Uh, and so I think, you know, having a strong why, you know, helps us to push forward and to stay motivated. So I'm just curious, what is your why? Um, and how does that why fit into your uh, commercial real estate business? 
Yeah. So I've actually, this is funny. I've, I've asked this question on my podcast <laughs> of 45 people now, and I still somehow struggle with like putting mine in words. I mean, it's not that hard actually. My kids, I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. They're hilarious and awesome and super busy. And my wife's amazing. Right. So those are easily those, those three people are kind of my why they're my driver. Um, but beyond there's actually more, right? So we like to travel, but if you think about it, what it really is, is time, right? So my why is, is to gain more time back in my day. And that might take five to 10 years to get a ton, a ton of time, but I'm trying to buy time now. So, um, really the driver is how can I spend more time with my family? How can I travel more? How can I give back more too? So that's a huge passion of mine as well. Again, I think we'll get into that as well, but basically, you know, if someone says, what's your why it's a pretty simple answer. It's my family and it's time. I love it. I love that simplicity there. And, you know, I think, you know, once you step into that role of, you know, of a, being a husband and a dad, I've kind of experienced this in my life where you start to see how valuable, you know, your time is, especially with your family. And the thing I've learned that's really shifted my mindset is just the relationship between time and money. And once you start to realize that, you know, you, there's other ways of, you know, producing money that can produce time instead of, you know, trading time for money. If you're, you know, working a job, then you can actually start to create that time freedom, you know, for yourself so that you can go, um, you know, be present with your family or go serve the community in ways that, you know, you desire to serve. And so I think that's extremely important. And I'm sure it's, it's a big motivating factor for you to, you know, to have that, that time freedom. So yeah, thanks for sharing that, Eric. Oh yeah. I mean, I think not to like dive into this too far, but it's exactly right. I mean, your money is a tool, right? So I, I think of it as, I think some people maybe have a skewed view. This is just my opinion of money. They think money is going to bring happiness. Um, maybe for some people, right. might bring some, some short-term happiness. I view it as a tool. So if we can have, like you said, maybe passive income where I'm buying time, then it's more of a tool for doing the things I want to do. So it's not that I like have this desire to like have fast cars. I'm definitely not a car guy or like a super fancy house. It's more that I want that time freedom, like you said, and, and you do have to, and we're all, we all have bills, right? So you do need to have some, but how can I create the tool and use it in the way I want it to? Exactly. Yeah. I think, you know, it's such a good point. I think that's one thing that we're trying to communicate, you know, on this show too, is that, you know, uh, these resources that we have at our disposal, you know, one of them being time and one of them being our financial resources, we could use these things, you know, for good and we can become the masters of them and how we, you know, how we operate in life. And I think, you know, when we have that approach of, okay, instead of being mastered by our time and mastered by money, we can become the masters of those things. And then, and then go out and help people do the same. And it's like, when you have mastery over time and money, it's like, okay, now they don't master you and you can, um, you know, use your own, you know, autonomy to go out and, and create that impact. So yeah, extremely uh, crucial, I think. And then Eric, I just like to kind of shift gears a little bit and kind of see how, you know, your daily habits and disciplines have contributed to the results that you've produced with your business. Yeah. I think the number one thing is just basically persistence. Um, you know, like you said, I think, I think everyone, if they're honest at some point during their multifamily journey has said, I'm done. I'm going <laughs> to hang it up. I'm either, I've either underwritten 
200 deals and none of them work or, you know, made, like was in best and final on three and didn't get any of the deals or, you know, I've written 12 LOIs and none of them accepted. I mean, there's just enough kind of like gut punches that you, you feel like quitting or like a podcast. I mean, this is, a, I mean, I'm so honored to be on your show. There'll be times when you're like, ugh, you know, it's 7 PM or maybe 6 AM or whatever it is. You're like, man, I, I, I like that person. I enjoy the podcast. I just don't want to like set up and go through the motions. There's just times when you feel like quitting, but I think maybe one superpower I have is just to say, you know what, like, remember why I'm doing it. That's kind of why you asked that question. Like, yeah. like kind of dig deep in your gut and be like, all right, I may not want to underwrite more deals today. I may not want to call brokers today, but I'm going to. And so I would say like, you know, we talk about like miracle morning. We talk about uh, meditation, maybe prayer, whatever it is that you might be doing. Um, I think this is just my opinion above and beyond all of those. They're all tools to kind of continue to push you forward. The number one thing is persistence. And so whatever tools you can kind of uh, put in your tool belt to keep you going forward. So for me personally, it is those things. It's like prayer, um, some quiet time before my family wakes up. It looks a little different every day, depending on the day. And then uh, gratitude, basically like being exceptionally grateful for what we have. Um, Cause I've been guilty of like, you know, not being as grateful as I should be. I live an incredibly blessed life and to think otherwise or be down or greedy. It's just so silly. <laughs> so, so basically I have some time in prayer, quite time before my family wakes up um, and then have some gratitudes. And I think the other thing that I, I don't do all as, as often as I'd like to is really kind of keep the goals in mind. And so that's, that's the kind of tools in my tool belt is like continue to push me forward and be exceptionally persistent day in and day out. I love that too. I was just talking with my wife about um, both those things, prayer and gratitude this morning. And, um, you know, I think we have that option, you know, when we wake up, you know, in the morning, it's like, you know, some days, you know, you might not feel like getting up and going to, you know, push your business forward or do work on the project at hand, you know, but then one thing that's like you mentioned is super helpful is just waking up with that mindset of, you know, just being thankful for what, what you have. And like, I know I'm so blessed. Like I have an amazing wife an amazing son and one on the way. And it's just like, there's, you know, God is definitely, you know, working in my life and it's, I'm just so thankful, you know, for all, all that he's given us. And so I kind of want to shift into that a little bit, because you mentioned prayer and uh, I just like to ask, you know, how you Eric see, you know, God at work in your business and in, in real estate investing. Yeah. So I have, I have a little bit of an interesting background, so I don't want to go too far into that because I know this shows more about real estate, but um, I did some mission work for about a little over a year for um, a group called Youth with a Mission. And so I was based in Switzerland and it took me all over the world. And, you know, I think we did good things, but it also did like a ton of work in me. So you know, like I view short-term missions as uh, maybe different than other people, but it was basically like super helpful for me in our group. Um, I think, again, I think it was powerful things that we did. Um, all that to say, it basically kind of created this desire in me and love for the ability to give back and understand that like, again, we're super blessed, but there's lots of people in the world who, who have physical needs as well. You know, whether it be like even toothbrushes, man, I, toothbrushes or, or just knowledge, education about sanitation, um, all, all of those things that like a lot of, a lot of times we take for granted. Um, 
And so, you know, the question was like, how does that work in my business? And I think I touched on this a little bit. It's like, we've always given back no matter how much we make. There's been years where we make very little. Um, recently, we've been blessed to make more. And so I always tell people like, they think, oh, well, when I make X number, I'll be able to give money back, you know? And I think that's a pretty dangerous trap. I would encourage people, if, if you have the heart to give back, give back along the way and you'll build that habit. It's just like we described before, this previous habit is like, you know, select a number. It doesn't have to, you don't have to be super rigid about it. Also pray about it. Of course, you know, sometimes you're going to give more, or give less, but in my business, we will give a certain portion every year to some causes that we feel like are valuable. And I think that that's just God working on our business. The other thing is it actually pushes me a little more forward. It's like, I'm not only working for me, I'm working for other people who I believe could use again, that tool. Maybe it's education, maybe it's money. Um, maybe it's money being used for the right things, but basically it, it's a little bit selfish in that I feel good about it. It pushes me forward as well. And I, I believe it's kind of what we're called to do. So um, again, I got kind of a long answer to that question, but I obviously feel very passionate about it. No, that's, that's beautiful, Eric. I mean, that was going to be my next question, you know, in regards to you know, how you're studying your business for um, you're, you're studying your time, talent and treasure to breathe life into the community. And I think, you know, it's very evident that, you know, you and your family and your business are, are doing that and supporting those organizations that are, that are creating that, uh, that kingdom impact. And so, yeah, and I, I appreciate you, you for what you're doing. And, and uh, I'm sure you're going to, you know, create massive value for those that you're serving and, and they're going to see that. And, you know, your, your business is going to, you know, keep producing fruit. Um, and it goes back to, you know, what you were saying about persistence. It's like, okay, we'll just got to keep moving forward. And, and, you know, God's, God's going to take care of it. You know, as long as I just steward things responsibly and, and, and with the right heart and mindset in mind. So I love it, Eric. All right. Well, what's a recent improvement that you've implemented in your real estate business that we could apply to our business? Um, yeah. I mean, I think so, you know, it's tough because I'm still new, right? So we're working on our second deal right now. Um, but I think you learn so much in the first deal that I can get, I can share a ton of tips. So one would be like, be hyper-organized with all of your investors, all of your investors information is super sensitive. So be extremely organized and careful about how you, how you tackle that. And then we use tools, right? So we use HubSpot to track all of our potential contacts. We use syndication pro, which is a platform too that investors use. It's kind of like a CRM, but it tracks who really truly invested in each deal. Um, and then we use Asana, which is like a program where, you know, it sort of tracks the, the progress of the deal and what we want to see come in. And so you can like kind of assign tasks to each other and it's, it's sort of this calendar thing, right? So it's, it keeps track of all the tasks. And then we use Slack to talk to each other. So, you know, the only reason I'm describing these tools is to say, you know, in my opinion, you can utilize technology to help you out. So I just named four free tools that you can use. Well, actually not free. Syndication Pro is not free. But anyway, you can use these technology tools that'll save you a ton of time that'll track all your stuff. Cause it's a lot of work to keep track of all the investors who you've talked to, you know, how you know them. Cause you know, in certain, certain deals, you have to have a relationship with them where the money's flowing. Um, we believe in like total toll transparency. So we'll share literally where every cent went with our investors. So just want to track it really well. And then um, 
I think being really, really clear and honest with your property manager about what you have planned for the project. Uh, that was really helpful for us too. Just like now that we're closed, they know where we are. We had a weekly call with them six weeks before we closed. So we had six calls with that property manager. She probably, <laughs> she probably got super exhausted of me. We didn't even own the property yet. I just wanted to be really clear about our goals and desires for the property before we even closed. And so, um, those are kind of the tools that we implemented, just using technology, using clear communication. Those calls don't have to be long, you know, 15 minutes and say, hey, we're going to close on this date. Here's what we have planned. You know, what are the vacancies coming up? What is your plan for that? You know, how can we help? That type of stuff. So again, a, kind of a wordy answer, but there's lots of tools out there to encourage people to leverage technology. Yeah, absolutely. You know, technology is so powerful. You, have, you almost have to, you know, take advantage of it because if you don't, you know, for example, with the CRM you know, the customer resource management tool, and you're talking about like HubSpot, it, it makes, makes it so much easier to track, um, you know, investors, communications, as opposed to if you had it on a you know, piece of paper or, you know, Excel spreadsheet, it's, it's still even compared to Excel, it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't do the job. So yeah, definitely great advice in terms of just integrating with technology because it will, will save tons of time for sure. All right, Eric, well, coming to the end of the show and I you know, just want to say again, thanks for being on today, but I'd like to you know, open up the floor again to you to just share with our listeners um, where they can reach you at, where they can connect you with you know, after the show. Yeah, for sure. So my website is wildoakcapital.com. So you'll see basically all the stuff there. I mean, it's going to have my personal email on there. Um, my podcast is called The Real Estate Mindset. Also, you can find it on wildoakcapital.com. So if you head to my website, that's probably the number one. And then the one thing I do want to call out is it's funny, like I was just recently in Mexico working with a, a couple that I've known forever um, and they do amazing, amazing work. And basically they're, they're um, trying to purchase a church building. And so I've been using like uh, the capital raising skills, I guess, to try and raise some money. So if any of your listeners have a desire to give or learn more about what they're doing, it's, it's incredible. So please reach out to me. I'd love to talk to you about that. You know, my passion is, is at least as much there as it is in multifamily. So those two things I can talk about basically endlessly is like, you know, what people are doing to better lives of others. And then of course, multifamily, I can talk about forever and ever, especially if you want to get into the weeds of underwriting. I'm, I'm kind of a nerd. Uh, with numbers. So yeah, absolutely reach out to me, wildoakcapital.com. My email is eric at wildoakcapital.com. Um, so yeah, please reach out. Right on, Eric. Well, hey, it's been a pleasure. And uh, thanks again for being on the show. And we'll have to have you on in the, in the future. So and- yeah, I'd love to, Andrew. I'll be a, I'll be a, you know, every 50 episodes, you can bring me back on. I'd love yeah. to. So this is, this is my honor. Thanks again for having me. Cool. And thanks again to our listeners. This is the St. Joseph's Capital Show. Thank you for listening to the St. Joseph's Capital Show brought to you by St. Joseph's Capital. St. Joseph's Capital works with investors nationwide investing in real estate while also donating 50% of profits to assist missionaries who are committed to sharing the hope and joy of the gospel with high school and university students around the world. St. Joseph's Capital, creating impact, one investor, one missionary, and one student at a time. Connect with us online at stjosephscapital.com to receive free access to our new seven-day course, An Introduction to Passive Real Estate Investing, which includes our new book, 13 Advantages of Real Estate Syndications, which you can also receive access for free.
This information provided on this podcast is intended to be educational and informational only. It is not considered to be formal legal advice. The listener should not take or refrain from taking action based on its content. Any listener in need of legal opinion upon which to rely in decision-making should consider formally engaging an attorney to review relevant facts in detail and examine the pertinent laws that applies to these facts.